A man from the future uses TikTok to warn the world of incoming disasters. And then we travel to Palm Springs to take a look at an old story of a man who was just minding his own business until his body got invaded by an impossibly strong foe. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. I really do. We're getting close to the weekend. Hope you guys are going to do something fun. Let's go ahead and start off by saying thank you to our latest Patreon, Reverend Samuel. Reverend Samuel, thank you so much for supporting the show. Hope you guys are clapping along unless you're driving. No clapping if you're driving. Just a salute. Thank you so much, Reverend Samuel. If you can't support the Patreon, that's fine too. Just help get the word out about the show. That really, really helps out a lot. We also have the merch store and the Minecraft server. Hopefully by the time that you're hearing this, that I'll have the new update for the Minecraft server, the new Nether update. A lot of you guys are just shaking your head. You're like, there's no way I'm playing Minecraft. Hey, it's fun. If you do play Minecraft, hop on the server. It's in the show notes. If you don't play Minecraft, just give Minecraft a little salute. A little salute to Steve and Alex. Reverend Samuel, let's hop in that Jason Jalopy. We are leaving behind sunny, sunny Oregon and headed out too, to Houston, Texas. We're driving along. We're leaving behind Oregon. We're driving out to sunny, sunny Texas. Now, as we're driving there, we're going to go into the future, but just a little bit. Just a little bit into the future. About a month or two from now. That's where we're headed. It's August 10th, 2020. We're in the middle of Houston, Texas. And a massive hurricane. We watch it start to wrap around the buildings. It's like hugging them with high-powered winds. Big alarms. But instead of like a hug of love, it's a hug of, of whirling debris. There's cows smashing through high-rise buildings. Glass shattering. Psh, psh, psh. All that stuff, 30 floors of that sound effect. Just have it keep going over, put it on repeat. And then, like, a bunch of stuff. It's raining, and we're like, ah, ah, and we're, like, holding on to trees, and we're almost getting blown away. Now, you're wondering why I took you to this death zone, this possible death zone. Blame it on Beatrice Leva. She recommended we do this story. Thank you. She's also holding on to a tree. Wait. Oh, no, she got blown away. Sorry, Beatrice. We're waving to her with one arm, the other arm we're holding onto the tree. She's fine. She fell into a mattress factory. But she wanted us to do this story, so thank you for this recommendation. It's now August 11th, and the hurricane is done, and now we're walking through the rubble that was previously Houston. And I'm going to sit down on this pile of human bodies, and I'm going to tell you this story, why we're here. So obviously, this is in the future. This hasn't happened. August 10th, 2020 hasn't happened yet. But according to one man... It's going to. Unless! Little asterisks. Let's go back and take a look at this. So I'm sitting on this pile of bodies. And it's pretty comfortable. The residents of Houston make really comfortable seats. Let's take a look at why, what brought us here. Let's take a look at what brought us here. So what brought us here is a man known as 2028 Man. He's a man from the future who the first thing he does when he gets back to our timeline is set up a TikTok account. Which I'm sure would be the first thing we like. If you went back in time to like save Kennedy's life, the first thing you're going to do is put a personal ad in the newspaper announcing you're there to save Kennedy's life. But that's what this guy does. <laughs> By the way, your mission failed. If that's why you went back in time to 1963, this guy comes down. He sets up a TikTok account called 2028 Man. He weaves this story about the Great Collapse. There's an incoming civil war. Trump loses the election, but he won't stop being president. 
Biden wins but dies like a month later. The thing is, is that he weaves his tail and then he also says there's going to be a major hurricane, Hurricane Kyle, on August 10th, 2020, that's going to destroy Houston. There's going to be a massive civil war. Currency is going to fail. Cryptocurrency is going to fail. Everything's going to fall apart. But there's hope. We have to be kind to each other. He keeps saying, I don't know what being kind to each other, how that prevents a hurricane. The hurricane's getting ready to beat up Houston. He sees everyone hugging. And Hurricane Kyle's like, and then like goes, goes and destroys a meaner city. I don't know, but that's his whole shtick. But it's a nice message, right? Kind of falls apart because he starts hardcore trolling people. This whole thing gets weird. Beatrice, thank you so much for sending this over because it's a very weird thing. He sets this thing up and it blows up. It goes viral. Like he has like 150,000 followers. It it got big very, very quickly. So we have like, we basically have dual storylines. One is this weird thing about him in the future. And the other thing is just this weird thing about him as a person. So the future thing, he says that he makes these bizarre claims. Yes, more bizarre than Hurricane Destroy in Houston. One in every thousand people right now is from the future. That's huge. I don't know if this guy understands percentages, but that's a massive amount. That means if you go to like a baseball game, there's going to be at least 500 time travelers there. And that, that At that point, we're almost being replaced by people from the future. That's a lot. That's a huge percentage. But all of the, it's only men. Only men are sent back in time because women are too valuable. They have to be breeding. They're like apparently some sort of breeding pit in the future, which is just, that's grim. That's grim. And that's one of those details that he kind of added in to build the mythology. He doesn't mention that early on. I don't think he would have gotten 150,000 followers if he was breaking into a car and being like, oh, by the way, we, we keep women in cages. They're far too valuable to be sent back in time. He also says he's back in time because he's a criminal. Or he did, okay, he did, quote, something wrong or something bad. He says that people are like, well, wait a second. If the Great Collapse has happened and there's this horrible civil war and 90% of the population is dead and all the women are kept in breeding pits, why would it be a punishment to get sent back to 2020 when it's not, none of those things are happening? Right? And he goes, oh, because that way we're going to have to live through them. Like, this is the worst point in human history from now until the election and all that stuff. This is the worst point in human history. So, they sent us back. They sent us back to this sunny place where we can buy Sprite and eat round table pizza underneath the summer sun. No, how dare you, future? Okay, so then he does the normal thing where he, again, a surprise this is so popular. He does this normal thing where after probably about 10 videos, he goes, I did it, guys. I met this person who's going to help change the future. So now everything's in flux. None of this stuff may even happen now. You're welcome. And that's really typical of this type of myth. Someone comes back, someone makes these bizarre claims, and then they don't, they're not, they were never meant to come true in the first place. The person making them up knew they were making them up because they were literally making them up. And then they go, oh, we avoided it. There's a thing called the Godlike Productions effect, or the GLP effect. It's from the website Godlike Productions. It happened all the time. Someone would make a claim. The Illuminati are going to strike on March 13th, 2015. They're going to do this big exercise because there's this military exercise that's planned for Houston, Texas. They're going to do some. So that's the day that the Illuminati is going to make. And then it doesn't happen. And, and then they go, we averted it because we were talking about it. The Illuminati overlords went, were also on Godlike Productions. And they go, shh, 
our plans have been exposed. Godlike Productions knows we can't do it now. It's called the GLP effect. You make up a claim, it doesn't happen, and you say it didn't happen because you exposed the claim. That's the same thing he's doing here. An odd detail, though, when he... Because I was watching all these videos. Thank you, Beatrice. I had to lose several days. And I still get alerts from this guy, by the way, right? I'm just sitting there doing my thing, and it doop And it's like, you have a new video. Oh, you And I got to watch it, right? Because I got to see how the story evolves. I'm unsubscribing right after this episode because it's super irritating. But he doxes himself. Which was very odd. He showed photos of his wife, but he also shows his kids. And then he takes that video down and he goes, yeah, I probably shouldn't have shown my kids. Uh, yeah, probably. Or your wife. And then someone's, I just, the video that just popped up today, someone was like, that woman's too hot to be married to you. So he starts showing photos of his him and his wife again. It's all bizarre. And that's where, that's a good segue to get away from the prophecy stuff. And just to kind of this man as an individual. Now, I don't know him. I don't know his real name. But I have some, and I have some ideas about what what's going on here. I definitely don't think he's a time traveler, right? I think we're pretty clear on that. I don't think he's a time traveler, but I don't think even he imagined it would blow up as much as it did. Can you imagine putting? I mean, I obviously put out material. I've been putting material out for two years. I have about, I'd say, fifteen hundred, seventeen hundred follower daily followers. And that's a good, I started off with 14, that's a good ramp up, right? If I had put out my first episode and I had 135,000 people listening from episode one, it would definitely, I think the show, I think that would have went to my head, obviously. Like, I think most people, most of those bands, they were, we were talking about Motley Crue last week. You work, you perfect your craft, you make an album, it's a hit, and then it grows from there. It's not like you play one song and they have 135,000 fans. That's what happened to this guy. And it's just, that I think is kind of affecting him in an odd way. Because now he's running for president. Now he's running for president in the year, you guessed it, 2028. And he's turned his TikTok platform away from time travel. He still talks about it from time to time. But now he's talking about how he's going to become president of the United States. And I wouldn't be shocked. This could be part of the jokes narrative or something like that. But I wouldn't be shocked if... He actually thinks because he developed a following so quickly that he has a chance of becoming president in 2028. To be fair, he is a time traveler. So maybe he knows more than I do, but that's weird. That's weird, right? The, the first, When Beatrice sent this to me, she goes, there's this guy on, on TikTok who's claiming to know the future. The first video I pulled up of his, his latest video at the time was he was selling merch. So I immediately was like, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Time Traveler coming back in time, getting his message across, maybe, I mean, most likely not, but selling t-shirts, he's like, I just got to make money, bro, and that was, see, that was the kickoff for me. If you were a time traveler, and you needed to make money, what would you do? Like, obviously, you're headed back into the past, you know you're headed back in the past. Lottery, lottery, right? Lottery. So, that was the first kickoff for me, was that. He comes back to the past, and now he's selling t-shirts because he needs to make money when any time traveler worth their salt would bring back lottery ticket numbers. But anyways, that also, also the fact that time travel most likely doesn't exist. But anyways, so now he's thinking he's going to run for president. There's some guy going around called 2029 Man who's just taking his videos and repeating them word for word, which is kind of funny. And 2028 Man is now making videos against 2029 Man and fabricating evidence from the future. And then he goes... Oh, I'm just joking. People are like, if you're time traveling and trying to convince people that you're from the future, you probably shouldn't Photoshop articles. And But now he's kind of on this presidential kick 
Someone was complaining about him, and he goes, I gave $110 to a girl with stage 4 cancer, so if you complain about me, you're complaining about her. And people are like, what? And he did apparently give money to a, uh, $110 to a girl with stage 4 cancer, but, I mean, that doesn't mean I can't analyze this behavior. As far as I know, the whole thing's an act, and he's a totally nice guy, and he's doing some sort of avant-garde performance art. Uh, hopefully he doesn't turn around and turn it into this was just a social experiment. I wanted to see how gullible people were because that's always kind of a cop-out thing. I I think the easiest thing would have been for him to make the predictions and then say it's time for me to go back home and delete everything. And that the myth would have lived on, right? What happened was the August 10th would have come around and there would have been no hurricane or it wouldn't have hit Houston and people would be like, oh, he almost saved us or he saved us and stuff like that. But now that he's trying to run for president in 2020, it's just basically the mythology is going to go on and on. So I, I, I find it fascinating on the level of, one, just the time travel element. Two, he see, it seems to be going to his head. And then three, is it that easy to get successful on TikTok? He's not dancing. There's no booty shaking. It's him sitting in a car that he hotwired, which is most likely his own car that he hotwired. But again, I think there's a short shelf life to that. But we'll find out. I, I, I'll If on August 10th, a hurricane destroys Houston, I will give 2028 man $110. There we go. I will pay him back that $110. But... I really don't think that's going to happen. So, Reverend Samuel, let's go ahead. We're going to wave goodbye. Houston is being repaired. I'm giving 2028 man $110. We're waving goodbye to Beatrice. She just has her arm in a sling. She's going to be fine. But I was wrong. The city was destroyed, and we're we're not going to assist in the relief efforts, though. They're like, we could really use that helicopter. We're flying away. We are headed out to Palm Springs. Recently, I did a story about... The giant shrimp living in the wall or walking around in the wall in Seattle. And I got that from a magazine called Strange. Strange Magazine. And in that same issue, there was this story as well. Strange Magazine, issue six. Very kind of bizarre story. Let's take a look at this. There's no time period for this, and it was written anonymously. So, you know, take take what you will from it. But it's, it's one of those stories that s- sounds realistic enough. Definitely more realistic than what we just covered. Reverend Samuel, bring that carpenter copter nice and low. We're going to fly over the desert landscape. A man from Santa Barbara, let's call him Timothy. Timothy was living in Santa Barbara, and he bought a house in Palm Springs. Palm Springs is a really nice area. I grew up down there in Riverside County. Palm Springs was farther away, but it's where all the rich people either lived or vacationed. It was kind of a nice temperature away from all the pollution. So Timothy's leaving behind Santa Barbara, and he's talking to his UPS man, and he's like, yeah, you know, you're going to start having to drive hundreds of miles away to start delivering packages. And the UPS man goes, that's not how it works. Like, there's other drivers. We drive all over the country. What? I thought it was just one. No. I thought your name was Ups. No. He tells Mr. Ups, yeah, I'm moving down to Palm Springs. And the guy's like, what? Palm Springs sucks, bro. You don't want to go there. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, there's like big old mosquitoes and there's like giant bugs. And then there's like the 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 mushrooms, dude. The mushrooms that stick to your skin. Timothy's like, what Cthulhu-level horror are you talking about? This is Palm Springs. This is where all the rich people go. And Mr. Ups is like, it's your funeral, bro. Like, I would not live there. I would not live there. So Timothy moves out. He doesn't really think anything of it. He moves out. He goes out to Palm Springs. And sure enough, dude. Giant cockroaches are all flying around. He said there's five different kinds of fire ants. And then there's the Podax Isterilis, also known as the Desert Inky Cap Mushroom. And he was actually, 
into mushrooms. Like, this was a hobby of his. So he's like, ooh, yeah. He's like, sees a little inky thing. He's like, yes, I'm going to take a picture of this. Because my life is completely devoid of meaning. Click. And he would read books on mushrooms and stuff like that. Okay, I don't think he had a mushroom fetish. He might have just had a passing interest. But he was intrigued by this mushroom. He had heard about it. He read about it in a book. And it's a mushroom that's like a puffball mushroom. So it has a little stalk. And there's a little ball on top, and then it goes, and it blows up, and the spores will just float all around to plant other mushrooms. In the book that he had read years earlier, he remember coming across a weird sentence in it. It said it was, quote, implicated in attacks on living tissue, unquote. And they, at the time, he's like, that's kind of weird. Like, does it, is it like a triffid? Is it walking around breaking into people's houses? It, they wake up, they're half mushroom. It also said, no matter what, you should never eat one of these. No matter how hungry you are, don't eat a mushroom that that attacks living tissue. So Timothy reads that, has a horrible nightmare that night about inky caps, but then kind of goes on with his life. So then when he's in Palm Springs and he sees one of these, he's like, that's fascinating. I've heard about these. Palm Springs, it's in the desert. And these mushrooms aren't everywhere, but they're there. And they only puff in 110 degree heat. So the chances of you ever coming across one of these things and it exploding near you is very, very small. Very, very small. Usually they're out in the middle of the desert. They're puff. If it's 110 degrees, you're not out on a nature hike. You probably have more serious things to worry about than a mushroom puffing all over you. But Timothy, he's living there for a while. He starts to, because he's a mushroom dude. He's a mushroom man. He starts to hear stories from people. People know him. He's interested in mushrooms. So whenever they come across an interesting mushroom anecdote, they tell him. He said that there are stories of hunters, duck hunters in the area, rabbit hunters in the area, tracking their prey down, getting that gun ready, (laughs) killing the rabbit, walking up, cutting it open, full of mushrooms. Not like it had eaten them. Not in its stomach. It's not all like it didn't die having a good last meal. Like fungus in the skin, on the skin, little mushrooms growing on a, up until a few minutes ago, living creature. I swear, Timothy, that's what I saw. You're the mushroom man. I figured I'd tell you that story. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Would you like to have a drink? No, because I know you're going to give me some sort of mushroom concoction, and I'm, I think mushrooms are gross myself, Timothy. I just wanted to tell you that story. Have a good day. And he would hear these stories from multiple people. He couldn't get it. He never got him to drink mushroom juice. But he'd hear these stories from multiple people. One day, Timothy's gardening. And he sees one of these mushrooms in his garden. He's like, oh, that's interesting. I mean, Palm Springs, again, is a desert. So it's not like he's living on a patch of dirt. But they explode and they spore everywhere. It's not 110 degrees outside. He's just looking at this. And it's fascinating. It's this mushroom. He's looking at it puffs and he watches the black spores just fly and cover him now he gets it pretty bad he gets it on his neck gets it all over him but he mostly gets it on his left arm and his left leg his left foot but he gets it on his neck gets it on his shirt and he's just looking i mean it's a ton of spores and he's kind of laughing about it oh oh good old linky's at it again can't wait to talk about this on my mushroom newsletter because they didn't have blogs back then i'm sure he'd have one if they existed He just goes in and wash it off. He just goes in and he washes it off. But then we have this quote. I rinse myself off with a hose, but the spores stayed in my pores and in every scratch and small wound on my arms, neck, and feet. 
About a month later, I got my first indication that something was wrong. A series of small black growths began to emerge from my left arm. I thought they might be spots of road tar that had somehow splashed on me. So I scrubbed them with no results. I just got the weirdest case of deja vu. This is bizarre. He started washing them off with bleach. These little bumps. These little growths. And after a while, they started to crumble away. Then we have this quote. I was relieved. Until I noticed that the skin around them felt strange. I touched my arm and to my amazed horror, a circular area about four inches across was numb and cold. Absolutely cold. It stayed cold too, and began to harden, and then disintegrate. He said goo started leaking out of this little growth hole in his arm. And he started seeing more spores pop up where his body was exposed to this. Now, he's going to doctors. He's going to doctors in the Palm Springs area. He's saying, hey, I got sprayed with one of these inky camp mushrooms, and this I don't know what's going on. Like, I feel like I'm turning into a, I'm turning into what I love most. And all the doctors are like, that's impossible. And he's like, these things exist in this area. Like, these are real things. But none of the, doc- the doctors are like, this, that's not true. Like, mushrooms don't grow on people like this. So maybe something is, maybe it's this fungus. Well, I mean, the mushroom is the fungus, but they didn't believe it was the inky cap. Could have been anything else but that. What he ended up doing was using athlete's foot medication, which deals with fungus. And he's putting athlete's foot medication, and eventually that kills off all the spores, but he still has scar tissue in his arms. It was eating his flesh. As he's trying to figure out what's going on and treat it, and to prevent himself from turning into a full-on mushroom man, he begins to talk to other people in town. And he knew three other people that this happened to. One of them used agricultural-grade fungicide to take it out. He's like, I really should have tried that athlete's foot medicine. I didn't. I just dipped my arm in a straight-up Agent Orange. Brought it out. It was just a skeleton arm. One woman got him, and she just could, she had him on her legs, and she could not get rid of him. And Timothy said, it sucks because when I figured out kind of how to deal with it with the athlete's foot, not the, not the agricultural-grade liquid, he, he can never find her. She moved out of the area. So he kind of, that story kind of ends with him kind of shrugging his shoulders and going, I hope she's okay. Because it was a bad thing. It was eating through his skin. He ends up, this, ex- this experience was so awful for him, he ends up poisoning the plant. He goes back to where the mushroom was and poisons the soil and moves out of the area. Because he knows these things are out there. He had seen them around. He knew they existed in Palm Springs. But he never had a close encounter with one. And he wrote a letter to the editor of the newspaper and said, Hey, you guys got to be careful about these puffball mushrooms. This is what happened to me. Like, I was injured by these things. The newspaper never published his letter to the editor. He began writing several letters to them, saying, hey, guys, no, this is a serious problem. But the newspaper didn't want to have anything to do with it. The newspaper never talked about it, and the doctors had no idea what was going on. And what he believes at this time is that it's a cover-up because Palm Springs is a tourist town. He ends the story by saying that these things can... Heavily damage a human body. Imagine if you got one of these in your eyes, or a kid ate one. He believes it was a town-wide cover-up. And he says, 
Sure, they grow in the desert, and it has to be in 110 heat for them to explode, but that's not always the case, because the one blew up on him, and he goes, as Palm Spring expands, as the city gets bigger, the chances of these mushrooms landing in residential neighborhoods, they're like living landmines. The more houses that are built, the bigger the town gets, the more likely that these things are going to be popping up in this area. All over the place. A dog in the backyard comes down with a mysterious illness. A child has a horrible coughing fit and the doctors just don't know what to do. A gardener gets his hand covered in black spores and ignores it until he feels growths underneath his skin. And the whole time the city of Palm Springs know this is an issue, but it's one they can't control. They're the invasive species. The mushroom had already been there. It would be almost impossible for them to eradicate this thing. Because just messing with one of them would just make it explode. And now you got possibly thousands of more in the area. So he moved away. It wasn't worth the risk to have this happen to him again. This may be happening a lot in that area. A lot, not like... Not like the entire town's taken over by mushrooms, but even once... I mean, he met three other people that this happened to. So, even if it only happened to three or four people a year, that's still a lot when you're talking about being eaten alive by mushrooms, right? Is it possible that the city of Palm Springs is covering up this event because they can't stop it? Who wants to move... Who wants to buy a million-dollar home in a posh neighborhood if you can't even leave your house safely? Who wants to visit this place if, while you're taking photos of your family, step on a little mushroom, get spores on your leg? It's a creepy story because it sounds true. Sounds true. It's one of those small town conspiracies that you could see the city government covering up. It could be that the doctors were in on it as well. It's possible that at least one of those doctors knew exactly what it was, but he's not going to risk his job. You know, doctor's like, I don't know. I don't know what it could be. I don't know what it could be. And then Timothy leaves and doctor's like, goes home to his wife and's like, it's happened again. Like, I don't, my hands are tied though. I can't tell him what it is. He he says it's the inky cat mushroom. He's right, but. Just got to keep my mouth shut. This is how small town conspiracies work, and which I think are far more easy to contain. Because you only need to control a certain group of people. And everyone else just lives unaware. If you're listening to this and you're in Palm Springs right now, you're like, oh, I was supposed to go to the Mushroom Festival tomorrow. Don't, by the way. Don't, no matter how much you love mushrooms. But yeah, a creepy story. It It sounds realistic. It just sounds creepy. Has all the elements. You have a conspiracy, a townwide conspiracy of silence, like the Stepford Wives. You have an innocent-looking thing that can ruin your body. Imagine again if he had gotten this in his eye. Good luck putting athlete's foot stuff in your eyeball. And if you did get it in your eye, you take your nine-year-old son to the doctor. His face is covered in black spores. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. He's just freaking out. Take him into the doctor, and the doctor looks at that boy, and the doctor knows he can say nothing. It'll be fine. I don't know what it is, but it'll be fine. The creepiest conspiracies are the ones we don't know about. And if it wasn't for this small article in Strange Magazine number 6, no one would know about this. 
except for the people who fight to keep the story silent. Allegedly, of course. <laughs> Allegedly. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, and I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.